0: You're listening to the Eyes on Conservation Podcast, episode 51. (laughs) Eyes on Conservation podcast where we bring you engaging conversations about wildlife conservation from all across the globe. I'm your host Matt Podolsky. Today we have a very special bonus episode of the show. I say this is a special bonus episode because we are sharing an archival interview that was recorded back in 1987. As you'll know if you've been following the show, we have been focusing on America's oldest long-distance hiking trail, the Long Trail of Vermont, in this final month of 2015. Well, I've saved what is possibly the most exciting interview for last. It's an interview with Catherine Robbins Clifford, one of the three musketeers who were the group of women who became the first to hike the entire length of the Long Trail way back in 1927. Catherine Robbins Clifford passed away in 1998, but in 1987, she was interviewed for a radio series called Green Mountain Chronicles, which focused on various historical figures in the state of Vermont. Although the interview lasted for over two hours, only a few clips were actually used in the three-minute radio segment about the history of the long trail that aired on Vermont Public Radio. The Vermont Historical Society has granted us permission to air a much longer segment of this historic interview as a part of this podcast episode. It is truly special to be able to hear these stories from this historic 1927 end-to-end hike of the Long Trail straight from the source. We are extremely lucky and grateful to both the Vermont Historical Society and to Catherine's granddaughter, Cara Clifford Nelson, for granting us permission to air this unique piece of history. You'll hear the interviewer, Mary Kasamatsu, asking the questions. I've done a bit of editing to the original interview, but I've included Catherine's stories about the Long Trail uncut, exactly as they were spoken almost 30 years ago. Let's jump into the interview.
1: Well, let's start a little bit with the very beginning. Where were you born?
2: Cornwall, Vermont
1: when were you born
2: september 3rd 1901
1: good for you were your parents farmers in the area
2: oh yes i loved the farm i wish i was there now i don't like living hunched up this way nothing we lived up on a high ground you know we could see uh, Camel's Hump. If we looked north, and if we looked west, we could see the Adirondacks. We could see some one of the lights over there, Uh, Mineville, over there sometimes. But I don't know whether it's still operating now or not.
1: In New York, New York State. State. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well, tell me how your hike started. Well, I went.
2: I was teaching in Elizabethtown, you see, and I went over there to teach mathematics, and phys ed two days a week, of course, that's a little bit of a school, two days a week, phys ed. I had some hackney English students, and I had a boy out of the woods, he was just like a rabbit. He was scared to death to talk to anybody else, just like a wild rabbit. Awful nice kid, you know, but he was scared, (laughs) you could see he was. Well, I loved it over there I used to go to Lake Placid skating and I loved to skate oh, I had wonderful experiences well this Hilda Martin who had taught in Elizabethtown one year or maybe two years before I'm not positive—was positive two years maybe and she had lived in the same place that I was living in sort of a boarding house it was came back to visit She had a lot of friends. In a little small town like that, you get acquainted with people other than students, but she had a lot of students she was very fond of. So she came back. So when I came in for lunch that noon, no, I don't know, when I came in, Mrs. Agnew said, I have a former teacher come back to visit, and uh, she'd like to stay here, and... There were two beds in my room. I said, would you mind if she stayed in your room? I said, oh no, I don't mind another teacher. So, and she came in probably about 10 o'clock at night. And we probably talked till two or three in the morning. And she went back to Schenectady. And this girl who just graduated from high school, Planned to hike the Long Trail with her father, 1927. Her mother had died, and her father had married, remarried, not the right type exactly, but but so Kathy and her father had decided to go hiking the Long Trail, and he died. So Kathy decided she's going to go hiking anyway on the Long Trail. Well, stepmother says, "I guess you aren't young lady going out there alone." You'll have to get the right information and the right this and the right that and find out. So she'd been to see some of the Green Mountain people in Bennington and found out what she had. And they told her that, they said, well, you should have four in your party. So if one girl got hurt, sprained an ankle or got sick or something, there'd be two girls to go out and get help, but two left together, so one would never be left alone. Well, that made sense to the stepmother. But well, so Kathy tried to find three girls to go with her. Well, she tried, but they were all girls with high heels and wanted to dance and go to the dance halls and this and that and the other. So she finally asked her phys-ed director if she would go with her, this Hilda Martin. Well, Hilda said, I'll think about it. Well, Hilda was being bothered by a man who wanted to marry her. And Hilda thought, well, chief, I go out on that trail, he can't even telephone to me, and I'll have time to think it over. So I think Hilda had agreed to go with her. Then they were looking for two others. Well, Hilda went back from Schenectady and told her, she says, you know, I've met a gal up there in New York State and it looks like she'd stay put together long enough to hike the long trail. And she where does she live? Well, over in Cornwall from up. That's at South of Middlebury. And she says she's teaching in Brandon. Well, she says, oh, I know somebody in Brandon. I'll go over and look her up. So she goes up, stays with these friends and Brandon. And I'm always riding horseback when I can. So it was Saturday morning, and I was going up to the inn. I was riding Mr. Moore's horses, because he's getting old, and he wants to I was his exercise boy all summer on good horses, you know. I didn't even have to saddle them. And uh, so she goes up street and goes down to... Oh, the restaurant. And goes in to eat. This is the lower part of Center Street. And I've gone riding early, and I'm probably home, coming home at 9.30 or so, and I happen to walk by that side of the street with my riding habit on. She comes up and runs out and says, Oh, Miss Robbins or something like that. she called, called. Well, I stopped and I said, well, what do you want? She said, well, you must be Catherine Robbins. Because you've been writing. And I said, well, who are you? And she told me who she was and she told me the story. Well, that's how I got interested. See, Kathy, she was 18. She just graduated from high school. And Hilda and I were both 25. And that's the way we started. And we decided that that wasn't that wasn't because they couldn't find anybody else. They kept trying. And those kids even had a trial hike. There's a, a lake outside. I don't know how far it is, 10 miles. It's quite a hike, maybe eight, I don't know. And so they got their bags on here. Hilda carried a... A, a basket, you know what I mean, a pack basket? Well, she's tall and long, so it fitted her. But Kathy and I had army. Oh, what do they call them? I can't, yeah, I've lost track of the words. Uh so like a duffel pack, huh? or like a duffel pack? Kind of? Oh, it's a, it, it's what they use in the army, you know. Knapsack, sort of? Yeah, the knapsack ideas canvas, cocky color, that's what Kathy and I used, and they did a lot of talking with these people in Bennington, of course I didn't see any of them. There were people in Middlebury I could have seen, and this and that and the other, but I wasn't that interested, you see, before, and now I didn't have much time. So I spoke to my mother about it, and I said, oh, I love it going up in the mountains like that. It would be wonderful. Well, so I got some knicker things, you know, like that. And I had some nice boots. I used them to riding horses with sometimes. And so, but the other girls went and got, you see, they're my shoes, and you see what they had. They had... See, in mine, you can see the whole sure. tour. Mm-hmm. This is before I started out. This was near the beginning, I, I believe. And see, this is, a, this is the little Kathy that started the trip. Let me just move this over here while you're talking. Okay. This is the little girl that started the trip. And uh, this is the high school teacher that was persuaded to go with her. To be away from the telephone, and you know this one. I think that's a lovely picture. That's a wonderful picture. Center of Vermont sent them to us. Well, not that big. I'll show you smaller ones in there. But Hilda had it enlarged and gave this to me for a present. And she's got one the same size. I don't know with Kathy. I think Kathy had one, too, but she's given it to her daughter. Well, I'm not absolutely sure where that is. It might be up here at the Brandon Gap, but I don't think so. But that's the way we were. You see, you now, you can't see there, but I'll show you another one. She's got the basket there.
1: Um, what are you What are you sitting on here? This looks the like, what? what's this that you're sitting on there? This here?
2: Oh, this is a, we each carried a half of a pup tent. That made only three pieces, you see. So we, we had half of a pup tent. I was the one who made the beds at night, and if I needed more evergreens to put underneath, she helped me get the evergreens. And she was the one to go find the well where the drinking water was, and I was to be sure the bed was made. All the beds were made all right, and she was the cook.
1: How did you work that? Did you work that out ahead of time, or did that just sort of
2: evolve just, as you just evolved? Who took the pictures? Do you remember? How these? Of central Vermont. You see, James Taylor. He was the. He was the.
1: Secretary of the Chamber of
2: Commerce. That's right. He was the first one, I think, who was secretary of the Chamber of Commerce, and he thought he could. He's trying to advertise Vermont, and uh, we had pictures taken in the uh, commercial photographer, St. Albans. There, that's what I wanted to show you. Was oh, I see. Sure. She's carrying like that because it fitted her better. Now, that's the way we started out in the morning. She's the tallest. She has the longest legs. I am the middle one with the middle-sized legs. This is the shorter one with the shorter legs. And that's the way we started out every morning. But that isn't the way we ended up to the day, you know. Because we were always tired, and we had to sit down and rest and sing a while. And this one, before she'd gone, went to a hawk shop and got a ukulele. A little one, you know. I guess you paid a dollar or two for it. And she took it home and wrapped it up and made a little case out of oilcloth to carry it in. And we sit down and tum tum that until we got rested and we got gone again. We had a lot of fun. Well, about that? We had a lot of fun.
1: It sounds like you must have had some incredible adventures.
2: Oh, we met men. <laughs> Come on, I can okay. I those pink, I don't know if I need it. Oh there's one where we're port on the course. See there she is with her basket. Checking
1: a, a compass or no you've got a, a
2: yeah, um, compass, yeah. sure. Compass. Yeah. We even had a pedometer. Wait till I tell you about that. Oh that's
1: now, did any of you carry a camera with you?
2: I guess we must have had a camera. See there, there we are, and here we are again. A little Kathy, and Kathy was the cute one. Every time we ran into men, she got all the attention, of course, because she was so
1: cute. Now, did you know when you when you set out on this that you were possibly
2: going to set a record? No. Well, uh, somehow she got connected with this James Taylor, and this Jim Taylor was terribly thrilled. And uh, he was awfully pleased.
1: Right. Well, tell me a little more about the trip itself. What kinds of, did uh, you met men, did you have any encounters with animals? Uh, I remember reading, in, well, in the uh, Long Trail book, it talks about a couple of women who who hiked later than you did, a few years later, who encountered
2: a lot of porcupines and... Oh, yes, we saw porcupine. We always slept in the upper bunk because the porcupines were on the lower bunk looking for our oily shoes. We didn't... Uh, we took our shoes off. Well, I guess we usually did. We hung them way up high because the porcupines want the oil and the salt and the sweat so we couldn't... We didn't change our clothes very often. We didn't have any to change. We started each carried a separate shirt, we, we, we carried one complete pajamas. We decided we carried one pair of pajamas because then if you were wet during the day and you could stay in a house, uh, then you could complete, you'd have a dry outfit. So we had that. And we had an extra shirt. But after a while, we decided we weren't going to carry that extra shirt. Everything extra seemed to make a difference, you know. We had places we could mail things ahead to ourselves, some some places.
1: Where the trail went through towns or around the, at the edge of villages, or
2: Well, they didn't go to the edge of villages very often. It, up the Brandon Gap is up at the top but that's quite a ways from down here.
1: Well, how did that work when you mailed things ahead? For, would you have to hike down into town to pick them up at the post office
2: then, or...? That's another story. Oh, I got lots to tell, if well, you want to hear me talk. Oh,
1: I do, I do. That's <laughs> what I came for.
2: Well, we went, we had boyfriends, and and I was taken down to, we went from the south to the north. The guidebook reads from the north to the south, so we had to read it wrong way around all the time, begin the back and go toward the front. So we finally decided we'd meet down at Williamstown, Williamstown in Massachusetts. We stayed all night there, and the woman made us some nice sandwiches for takeout the next morning. And we went out on the Williams Club Outing Club Trail, which hooked up with the Long Trail. And that's the way we got on it. But the southern part of the trail was a very poorest part of all. And... The reason we got through all right is because two fellows, I don't know why, had gone through that trail. I don't know why we couldn't have been taking wires, there were no poles up there, but somehow two men had gone through a ways and so we could follow where the grass was all matted down it rained quite a lot so we could kind of follow that trail. and we hooked up with a long trail, all right, and then we caught up with the, but the... The blazes, you know, were old and they're supposed to be white, but it was difficult to find them. But we got way through, I think it's Harmon Hill, I can't remember, Well, I could have looked it up, which is up over Bennington. Well, <laughs> Somebody had told those girls down there, Bennington, that Hell Hollow Camp is, is, is north of Bennington, that they'd be smart if they took their two knapsacks full of goods and leave them with a the family that lives not far from Hell Hollow on a side road. And they wouldn't have to carry them the first day. Then when I came, I'd have my pack, and I was the only one that had to carry anything, you see. But I could loan to them. But of course, here I have in my pack, I had this half a pup tent. I had a wool blanket. It was an army blanket, cocky colored. Hilda's was a beautiful blanket kind a light color with a big red stripe and a big black stripe. I think Kathy had army blankets, same as I did. So we had three, three half-pup tents and three blankets. And when I made the bed at night, we if there wasn't enough evergreen boughs, we just went and cut them, Kathy and I, and put them down. Then I put down two pup tent, you see, to bake them for us to sleep on. And then I'd put down one blanket on top of the pup tent. And then we get and we sleep just like spoons, like that. And then we put the other one over us, and then the other half a pup tent on top of that to keep the moisture out. And that's the way we slept every night, like spoons. Well, of course, I think we went about 20 miles the first day, which is, we should have had our heads examined. And whoever advised leaving those two packs there, Green Mountain Boys, they should have had their heads taken off, I think. Well, we come to the top of the mountain into a big pasture and the woods better go in way over there. Well, where do you find a blaze on a tree when you've got a mile to look at, a half a mile to look at? Well, it's getting nighttime. The sun is still out, but it's over in the west, and it's getting late, and we're tired as we can be. First day of my life, it was ridiculous. We never did that again. So we decided we just... See, down below was this, probably was Route 7. We could hear the cars, and we could see them occasionally down there. So we just went left, headed down for that roadway, just taking the chance we'd get there. Well, we got there. Kathy fell down. I thought, oh, boy, here we are up in the mountain. But no, she hadn't gotten hurt. We got down on the road. And hiking on the highway is so different than hiking on the trail. Hard. But we hiked all the way into Bennington to the first hotel we saw and climbed into a bed. I did. The other two went out and got some liniment and stuff to rub on. But I climbed right into bed, I remember. Didn't care about going anywhere. Oh, they probably brought back something to eat, too. I don't remember about that. Probably did. And then the next day, I think somebody must have taken us up there, because I don't remember hiking back. Somebody must have taken us up to the hell Hollow place where the luggage was left. And we went in the Hell camp. Oh, it was the most discouraging place you ever saw. Men, man's hat around, and the dirtiest dishes. Oh, it was terrible. You
1: mean other hikers that just left? Yeah. Stuff and gone? On?
2: We hoped they'd been gone a while. Hoped they weren't around. And we finally went on our way. We finally got going, so that so we got pretty tired out, and then we moved on to the Webster camp, I think. Yeah. Then we moved on. We got the Webster camp about three o'clock in the afternoon, I guess. It wasn't an awful long hike. And Kathy and I got the beds made and got the fire all ready to strike a match to and got all set. It was a new camp, you see. And uh, so we selected our half and mixed it up. We heard a car coming. A car up in the woods. Well, I said, it can't be a car. But it came nearer and nearer and nearer. Oh, my dear, it stopped right below the camp. And three grown men hopped out. And one hopped out, and he had a lot of gadgets, food and stuff. And one hopped out with a book about that thick, apparently, he was going to read. And they came up to camp and were flabbergasted and found three females, enough to go around, you see. And, well, they were embarrassed to tears. Well, because we're not going to stay in this camp. Why? said, it's quite all right. We understand the rules of the camp. We we have this side, you have that side. You stay that side, we'll stay our side. Well, I mean, we didn't say that way, but... Well, they were going to be gentlemen. They were going to sleep in the thicket. Well, all right, go ahead in the thicket if you want to. But before they went to bed, they had... Steak. We had we had our supper of uh, corned beef. I mean, I mean corned beef, uh, corn That's what I'm thinking of. Johnny cake, Johnny cake, and raisins, and well, I can't remember what we had, but we had our regular. And they had steaks, you could smell it. Oh, they had and fruit. Oh, boy. We didn't see any of it. We just smelled it. But we sang and we sang and we sang. The six of us had the best evening you ever heard of, singing all these college songs, the cutest things, you know. One of us become a Sally and, you know, all these silly, oh, you wouldn't know them, you're too young. And, well... So off they went in the thicket. They went in the thicket. Well, we wished them good night. Off they went. Four o'clock in the morning we heard the awful snort. Terrible one. I've only heard one bad one since. And in came those men with their blankets and everything but starting to rain. They keep parrying and tearing. I don't know whether they slept on the boards or on the floor or where they slept, but anyway, they came in and uh, we didn't offer to tuck them in or anything. We were just grinning in our, snuck in our little three sets. So in the morning it was raining and we were headed for a a five, a 5 five-day hike. We thought we had rations enough for six days. We meant to have rations enough for an extra. Five-day hike, and it was raining. And this one, I think, was from Bennington. is a Green Mountain boy. Well, I don't want you to go out in this rain. Well, I said, What we're we going to eat if we, we stay here and eat it up. We'll have nothing to eat over there. So we, we're going. So we went in the rain, and we hiked Oh, it rained we came to the lookout and <laughs> you could see nothing so we just hiked along and pretty soon we came to an I suppose it was a deserted lumber camp I suppose it was with a door on it and you was see paths where people had been in and out so we went and pounded on the door no response so we opened it and opened alright and we went in and what do you suppose we saw On the table, a big jar of raspberry jam and two, three loaves of bread. This is Sunday. This is a Sunday. I don't know what else it was, but that jam and real bread. We just sat down and made ourselves three nice sandwiches. And then we wrote a note. Thanking the kind souls who have been so kind as to leave jam and bread for three wandering girls on a rainy Sunday. Well, we knew if it had been a Saturday, I don't think we'd have done it. But we knew it was a Sunday, and apparently they were fishermen, you see, and they'd be going out Sunday. That's the way we figured. They'd be going out Sunday. So we hike along. Pretty soon here we meet. I think five men and a boy coming back to camp and we don't say very much but we greet them and they greet us and on they go but they'll find I know it when they get there <laughs> but that's where they've been they've been down to this I think it's born pond they've been fishing you see they had some fish with them so that was one time and so then we kept going and we got to this pond where they've been fishing. I think it was Bourne Pond, I, for, see, I forgot the name, Bourne Pond. And there were three buildings right up there, three houses. And a big sign that said, Long Trail, your camp is the last one. Use your own camp. So we go down to the third one. And we look in, there's not one stick of dry wood inside. The rule says, leave dry wood, you know. Uh, none, one stick of dry wood. Uh, there wasn't one stick of dry wood. And underneath the porch was an old stump that's still sticking in the ground, so we couldn't go there. So we went to the middle one and peeked through the window and didn't look interesting. We went to the first one and, my dear, you could see rocking chairs that, like they used to have on the porch two or three rocking chairs in there, and two doors open for there were two bedrooms with real beds in there with blankets on them. You know, they weren't necessarily made up. And a stove and dry wood. Well, and it was dark, you know, raining, it would be dark early and we were wet and hungry. Well, we discovered it was very easy to push up a window right there off the porch. There's a porch on it, and if you get in that way, somebody could unlock the door and we could all go in, which we did. It was Sunday night. We didn't expect anybody to be coming in on a Saturday night. We probably wouldn't have dared done it. And uh, then we went down to this old lumber place and hauled out a lot of wood It was... Well, if it was wet, it was dry underneath, you know. So we had three arms full to leave, you know. We built a fire, and I think it was kind of like a stove, a long stove like that. And we cooked ourselves a supper, and we sat in those rocking chairs, and nobody knew where we were, not a soul. And we sat there, and we enjoyed that so much. Oh, that was a wonderful night. And we all three slept in the same bed. There were even, yeah, I guess there were sheets on the bed, but, of course, we didn't take our clothes off, just our boots. So then we wrote, oh, and the sign said, I thought, now you be gentlemen and use your own camp. So I wrote the note, I guess, one of us wrote the note, Anna and explained how it was raining and wet and, we, and there was no dry wood down there. So we came up and saw how easy it was to get in and thank them very nicely for, for a pleasant, pleasant night. Oh, that was a lovely night. But we were still at Bourne Pond we had to go north but it had been raining all this time and the little river I guess probably flew out of that probably came out of that pond was big and terrible but we couldn't jump that and we couldn't and the stones were all covered up with water and Kathy says I can't I can't get over that here's this big railroad trestle huge one it went over this big gorge where the river came down, but it was a great big gorge. I don't know how, how long it is, but it's big. And probably, I wrote somewhere, 50 feet high. Of course, that's mine. It was very high. And here's Kathy's gotten up on that old railroad trestle with her pack on her back. She says, well, I'm going to cross on the trestle. Well if I said if you can do it, I can do it. And Hilda Martin said, I can't do that. I can't do it. And I can't and she went down and down quite a ways the river. She finally got across somehow or other. But Kathy and I are up here on the railroad trestle. Are you familiar with them?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, you could hike this way. This is the way we went, you know, like this. Scoot across. Sorry. But there's a cross beam, what do you call it? I don't know what you call it, but you got to throw your leg over that. And your bag is going to push you over this way, and you could fall right down in it. I don't know how long it took Kathy and me to get across that trestle. It was awful long. It was long, I, I, I don't know, I would say it as far as here to the other side of the road, but probably, probably I'm forgotten. But anyway, and then we'd go this way and this way, and then this inside leg had to go over and you're, this would sway, but we made it. And Kathy was wearing a pedometer. I think we'd been between seven and eight miles. You know, every bump, about seven to eight miles. Well, we we recovered from that and went on. And uh, of course, that was fun. It's kind of scary, but you know, when you've made it, then you're kind of pleased. Why? Because they somewhere were Prospect Rock. We heard an airplane, which is most unusual. In 1927, they seldom were heard. And the girls wondered where where he could be going. And I said, I think he's going to Springfield, Vermont, to uh, uh, a big celebration they were having that day. I remember reading about it in the paper before I left home. See, I'm a Vermonter. And I said, I think it's uh, Lindbergh. He's back from France, and he was due to appear down there. So we waited and watched and watched, and he flew not far from over our heads. We were on the top of the mountain. he could read on the bottom, the spirit of St. Louis. You like that? Now, that's all you wanted to know about that one.
1: Could you see it? Did he wave to you? Could you see him? Huh? Did he wave to you? Could you see him? Oh,
2: no. I don't suppose he could see us. We were little muffins down there, you know. He didn't expect to see anybody so he wouldn't be looking. Did
1: you did you dub yourselves the Three Musketeers or did someone else?
2: The Three Musketeers, well that's an old, old story isn't it, Alan? Yes,
1: yes but when...
2: Right. How'd we get the Three Musketeers? Isn't that from an old, old story? Oh yeah. Uh, there was an old old story about three men, right. the three musketeers. That's
1: But I mean when did did the three of you decide to call yourselves the you three musketeers too or, or just had, did Taylor do that? Just
2: happened. Oh. Just happened. They said, Well we're mm-hmm. three old goats or we weren't old goats then but you know, says why well, we're just like the three musketeers or something like they just came up. Just happened that way. And then when we got to, we well, came along, we we're, I think, on Belvedere Mountain. And I happened to be in the lead then, and we came to the biggest break, Cliff and should look way down like that. And I heard somebody yelling, Yoo-hoo. And I looked down, and here was a perfectly civilized man in white slacks and a white jacket, white vows, I mean. He looked so civilized and clean. And he said, I'm looking for the Three Musketeers. I said, oh, you are? Well, here we are. The others were behind me. Well, come on down. I have a gallon of ice cream for you. Boy, did I go down that mountain fast. He was working for Jim Taylor, you see. And he, so we went down. To Hazen's Notch, and the girls finally caught up, you know, and came along too. Well, now in the Notch, that night, there, was a, there were two brothers from Yale University with their kid sister. Probably the parents had gone on a trip or something and left them to take care of the kid sister, so they thought they'd take her hiking. And I believe that was that man with these Boy Scouts, Oh, I don't know, four or five of them, not too many. And there was somebody else there. Well, anyway, we went down, and sure enough, they had a, you know, these kinds you turn with the can, a whole gallon of ice cream. And did we sit down and eat it? And we gave it to the boys from Yale, and we gave it to the Boy Scout, We all shared it till we ate it all up, you know. while... This what we weren't expecting was just too much to believe. It was terrific. And then we and that was the one night that we had to sleep under the stars. That was the one night we didn't have a roof over our head. The one night we didn't have a roof over our head. What you could call a roof, you understand? Maybe it leaked, but it was rough.
1: Did you have problems with blisters or anything like that? The what? Blisters on your feet. You said one after your first day, uh, the other two hiked in for a little Our much, feet
2: right? were wet all the time the first, wetter, first year, a week or two were practically wet all the time. So I don't think we got any blisters. I don't think we did. I didn't, anyway. Because we were wet, and we wore, we wore those white, I think the white cotton socks next to our feet. And then we put the wool ones over the top, because the white cotton was supposed to be healthier. <clears throat> and the wool was to keep us warm. I know one noon, we had 21 raisins apiece, because I counted them and we had exactly 21 raisins apiece. That was the day when we knew we were coming to an overnight place where we could stay, and we would have something to eat. And that's all we had left to eat. missed maybe some cornmeal, I don't know, we didn't cook that only at night, probably, or maybe fried it in the morning so there was any leftover. You know, maybe you don't like cornmeal mushrooms, stuff, stuff like that. I didn't think I liked oatmeal, but boy, I got so I could eat it. (laughs) I don't know, but vegetables tasted so good to us, you know. And we did eat berries, raspberries and blackberries. You see, I think we went from the, was it the 25th of July to the 25th of August? It was about a month that we were gone, I know.
1: Is there anything you'd like to add about, about the experience as you just to try to... any last comment about the whole experience that you'd like to add?
2: Well, it was very helpful and I just loved it being away from the mob you know, a chance to be alone a chance to think A chance to do some thinking. You had two other girls with you, but they were thinking too, (laughs) I guess.
1: I asked you a while ago if you knew that that you were likely to make headlines with with the trip, but you said you didn't. Um, Oh,
2: I didn't know that. I think Kathy might have known it. She might have talked to them. They'd advised her, Uh, but I didn't know anything about it. I was just to be a a third member, I guess. I didn't know anybody. I I just liked the outdoors. I just love the outdoors. I still do.
1: Did the did the publicity surprise you then? Were you surprised that so many people were interested in it?
2: Oh well, we found out about it because we stopped along the way, you know, to be in a paper and somebody talk about it. And I remember once we did a very illegal thing. We thought there was going to be a nice article in the paper. Somebody told us it would be the next day. So we came along to a mailbox, and we said, "Chief, we saw a paper in a mailbox, we'd want to take it out and look at it, wouldn't we? And we came along to a mailbox with the newspaper in there, and the house was down there. We didn't see anybody around. We took the newspaper out and read the article, put the newspaper back. That's illegal. Got your mailbox, you know. Probably was then. That's the one thing we did we shouldn't have done. But it was quite exciting to have all this chit-chat going on about us.
1: Listen, thank you so much for taking your whole day here to to talk to me. I really appreciate your time. It's been
0: kind of fun, though.
1: It has for me. I've enjoyed it.
0: All right. That was an archival interview with Catherine Robbins Clifford, one of the first women to hike the entire length of the Long Trail in Vermont. It is so fascinating listening to Catherine's stories from her time spent on the Long Trail in 1927. Although many of the details of her stories uh, do reveal the dramatic changes that have taken place in our society um, over the past 90 or so years, I, I also find it very easy to relate to Catherine's experiences on the trail. She ventured out on the trail for a lot of the same reasons that that my mom and I began our long trail trip a couple of years ago, um, to escape the hectic and stressful life of our society. Um, And she found the same type of solace in the mountains of Vermont that hikers can still find on the long trail today. So if you'd like to learn more about the long trail and the Three Musketeers, as always, you can find more information on the show notes page for this episode. Go to Inc org EOC51. We'll have some amazing photos of Catherine and the Three Musketeers uh, on their historic long trail hike um, up on the show notes page, as well as uh, links to additional resources about the history of the long trail. This episode was produced by myself, your host, Matt Podolsky. Our theme music is by The Human